Gutter Trash episode 229. Muse by Terry Dotson and Dennis Pierre Philippi. My name is Eric. And I'm Jason. Howdy. Howdy, buddy. Howdy. <coughs> Howdy, do. Howdy. Howdy. Hey. What's up? Nothing. You? Um, nothing. Okay, nothing. then. Just enjoying my Sunday. My right. rainy. I love rainy Sundays. Alrighty, sounds like that'd be uh, um, prohibitive of, of doing many things, uh, you know, other than just sitting in the house. That's what I did today. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> well, mostly, mostly. No, I went to I went to Yellow Springs today for lunch. All right, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it, well, I thought this was kind of uh, kind of cool. I thought of you when I was in Yellow Springs. <laughs> Because someone uh, was a real piece of shit to you. <laughs> no, um, when we we ate lunch and when we walked out of the restaurant, there was a guy outside playing steel drums, kettle drums, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Commando!" Because <laughs> and because me and Eric watched Commando last night, and since we were, I think it was probably since we were drawing and. Only sort of looking at the screen every once in a while. Right. Like, I, I think you pointed out the alarming number of steel drums used on the soundtrack. Yep. And I'd never noticed that before because usually you're watching all the action. But, right. But we're just like listening to it. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> like all throughout, other than like the song at the end credits. Like, right. Everything else is like kettle drum heavy. <laughs> so yeah, I thought of that as soon as I... Well, they're steel drums, too. Right, yeah, yeah. Well, that song is by the power station, and they don't have uh, steel drums. <laughs> they could have added some. You well, know, I'm sure they could have. You know, mixed them in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and well, then I had to explain to Kathleen. I was like, Commando! She was like, what? <laughs> I had to explain to her, and she was like, really? Steel drums and Commando? Yep. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's almost invasive. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. What a great movie. <laughs> hmm. But other, other than that, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Stayed inside other than that. Okay. Took a nap. Yeah. Yeah. While the rain came down, that was nice. Right. Yeah. Mm. So what you're saying is you didn't read this book. No. Okay. <laughs> no. I even learned it. I looked at the first, like, four pages. <laughs> 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 No, I, I read it. I read the first half a few days ago, and I read the other half after I got home from Kathleen's today. Because right. it's sort of divided into halves. It is. Because it's, it's, uh, it's technically a, a trade okay. of, of two different books. Uh, mm. it, was, uh, it was originally a, a French publication Yeah. Uh, called... Uh, <laughs> um, called... Sanjes? Sanjes? Yeah, S O N G E S. Hmm. 
parts one and part two, or tome one and tome two. Ooh. Tome, tome one is called, I believe, Coraline, and tome two is called Celia, I believe. Hmm. And uh, the, the, these books came out uh, some time ago, uh, but now it's... Uh, been finally printed here in English for the first time ever under the title of Muse. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, because yeah, I was I was confused when I first started reading it um, because <clears throat> there's page numbers at the bottom of the pages. Right. But like maybe like eight or ten pages in, there is like a couple of page numbers in the actual like corner of the artwork, you know? Right. Yeah. And like and like there weren't any like the first half dozen pages, and then all of a sudden there's page numbers, and they don't correspond to the actual page numbers and i was like that's confusing yeah and then like halfway through the book the page numbers start back over at one i was like this is even more confusing (laughs) so that that explains that away that is why yeah interesting Uh, yeah i don't uh i'm gonna look at the copyright information and see uh if they've got uh, any uh additional clues or hints or uh, anything or like, uh, like travel games or anything, anything hidden in the text. Right. Uh, does not. Hmm. All right. Because uh, usually there's like something you know, like originally printed, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but uh, but no. Yeah this this uh this version just came out what a few weeks ago. Uh. Something like that. Maybe a month or two ago. Yeah. yeah. Something maybe recently. Mm-hmm. Although it does have a copyright date of 2012. Okay. So maybe December. I don't know. Hmm. But Maverick's got a copy only recently. Yeah, two copies. Two. Yeah, we sold the other one. What? That's crazy. It's probably because there's a pretty girl in the front. Like, if it's not a Marvel or DC comic, it has to have a pretty girl. Right. To, to sell it in Mavericks. I would think that the $35 cover price would be a, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, something that would uh, warn people off from just buying something blindly, though. Well, if they think there might be naked ladies, because there's a, there's a, like a Power Girl-esque uh, cleavage shot on the, on the front. Yeah. And it was shrink-wrapped. Right. So people uh, are, so they're like, they're like all right, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take the chance. <laughs> I'll scratch off my titty lottery ticket. <laughs> <laughs> uh well they would have struck silver <laughs> yeah yeah they, they at least got enough for another ticket right yeah, i mean it yeah. wasn't hardcore porn but right yeah it was softcore porn uh, not even that <laughs> uh it's it's uh it's hard r hard r yeah, yeah. there you go <laughs> yeah uh but only in the the nudity factor everything else is almost g-rated yes <laughs> That was something I wanted to talk about. <laughs> this is the cleanest, dirtiest book you've ever seen? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was imagining in my head, like, D.P. Felipe was like, I'm going to write this book. It's, it's softcore porn for children. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, okay. Hmm. So where do we start? I, I don't. Uh, I don't know, because, uh, um, well, I'll I'll make no secret of this. I primarily only bought this because of the art, right? 
You like Terry Dotson? I like Terry Dotson a lot. Um, and I remember, like, back in, like, 2002, seeing stories and articles about him working on this book. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, and, and back then it was just called Coraline, uh, which I think they probably had to change because of the Neil Gaiman thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, but then at the same time, like, Stuart Imanen was doing a book for, for Humanoids Press, uh, who published this uh, and then, like, there was, like, three or four other American, like, American superhero artists who were doing, like, these weird French graphic novels. Oh, yeah, like, you know, Travis Cherist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, so, like, it was all part of that, and I, I would like to see all of them, honestly. <clears throat> uh, but I think this is, well, the Meta Barons, I guess, was published eventually. Yeah, eventually. And then there was, like, five pages of Travis Cherist. Oh, that's so disappointing. <laughs> I actually bought that, and right. the same day I just gave it back to Mavericks because it was shrink wrapped, and I I took it home or or looked at it in the store. And by the by the time I left the store that night, I just put it back on the shelf and was like, I don't even want my money back. Just fuck this thing. <laughs> you worked on that thing for like twelve years. Yeah, five pages. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> it's a pretty good turnout. Yeah. Uh... So, but yeah, and like the, the, the Stuart Iman one is the one that like I would really like to see, but, uh, you know, that hasn't been published in English at all. Has it, has it been published in French though? Uh, yeah. Okay. It's called Sebastian X or something like that. Uh, Sebastian 10? Uh, uh, who knows? Huh. I'll never know because I won't apparently ever get a chance to read it. Huh. Well, maybe. Well, maybe. Yeah. Um... And so, so yeah, and then I like Terry Dotson, and, uh, you know, uh, apparently this book is going to be all about uh, busty ladies. Right, right. And that's a thing that he does incredibly well. It's kind of one of his uh, main main artistic, you know, flares. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, so, yeah, so when this came out, I was like, sure, I'll buy that. Mm-hmm. Even if it's awful, it's going to be pretty to look at. Right, right. Yeah. 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 It's somewhere in between that. <laughs> yeah. I was hoping we could take a couple minutes for you to explain to me what I read. Because I have no idea. <laughs> well, I was really hoping you would be able to tell me. <laughs> I sort of know. Like, like, there's parts of it I sort of know. I feel like, I feel like what happened was uh, D.P. Filippi... Uh, does not speak the same language as Terry Dodson, <laughs> and <laughs> or 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 the translator. Uh, well, clearly uh, he is uh, obviously French. Yeah. Uh, but but it was translated so that Terry Dodson could could draw it. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, but uh, I can't make sense of it. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, it's more like just a random, random gathering of scenes and snippets than any kind of real story that at the very end of it tries to tie everything up. Yeah. Uh, but. It doesn't. Yeah, I guess. I mean, they allude to in in spots that all these things are dreams and like fantasy type things. Right. And there's something going on that. There's all 
being manipulated, but like yeah, like reality is being manipulated where you're not sure if she's actually dream Coraline's actually dreaming or if every night she because like every night she walks into a different reality right. uh, through through her like wardrobe she opens the like it's like the uh like Narnia right uh it's like a little slightly pornographic Narnia <laughs> <laughs> it's just a pervy sleazy Narnia yeah, yeah that's true yeah <laughs> but it's just a little bit icky but um but uh, we see probably per- sweaty Right. Oh, I'm sure sweaty. Well, we say pervy though, but it, it is more like it's more like uh, like just super naughty pinup art. Oh yeah, because everything is like cheesecakey, mm-hmm. but uh, but creepy at times. At there's, times, there's yeah. like I think there's four different instances where someone just grabs their tits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, it's weird because yeah, every night she goes to this wardrobe and. She, she ends up in like a pirate world or like a uh, feudal Japan or, or whatnot, right, yeah. and uh, and you're like, okay, okay, this is all building to some sort of like, and, and you know, and like there's all these weird little clues at the beginning where they're like, oh, you you know, this, you know, you they hire her to uh, sort of get this kid out of this genius inventor kid out of his his uh, serious funk, right? And, like, show him how to live life again. Right, but like, I mean, yeah, they, they they want her to be around to to make him stop working so much, yeah, because uh, all he does all day is just uh, invents crazy things. Right, yeah, uh, he locks himself in a library and right, yeah, yeah, and it's all very Victorian and and steampunkish, yeah, uh, but but like you know, just this lush, you know house with with you know crazy things and robots and right vehicles when vehicles don't exist kind of thing yeah uh and yeah so she, she gets hired as sort of a nanny maybe but not really because she all she's doing is basically keeping him company at certain points and then she goes off and does whatever and, yeah, and, yeah, and uh, like, yeah, she'll be keeping him company, and all of a sudden, she'll do something to piss him off, and he like just storms off. Right, that happens like a few times. Right, it's a very repetitive book. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, but uh, yeah, so so yeah, like like similar scenes happen over and over again, uh, such as her pissing off the kid, and her then sunbathing, and then the, the creepy <laughs> butler taking pictures of her. Right, I love the creepy butler. <laughs> But there's this scene in the middle of the book where uh, I really thought like he was gonna come into play as like like the main character or something. Right. Where uh, where uh, he asks her, you know, like the little kid gets pissed off for the seventh time or whatever, and, right. and storms up, and 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 the, and then the butler guy asks her, you know, if she wants to just dance or something or hang out, or and then she leaves, and there's like this. I don't, I don't, I've, in my mind, it's like a full page splash page, but maybe it's not. <laughs> but there's like a huge panel of just him alone, and you're like, wow, this is heavy. This right. this guy is gonna, he's like a main character, and I just didn't get it before. Right. And then, nope, nope. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot of stuff that alludes to him being a, uh, a bigger player in the story than he ever turns out to be. Yeah. Uh, he's mostly just the butler that kind of stalks around and takes pictures of her when she's not looking. Right. Uh, but also the panel was probably big to you because this is a big book. It's a big book. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, not quite treasury edition size, but, uh, it's, it's bigger than your average graphic novel. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
So, uh, you know, bigger panels. Mm hmm Yeah. Yeah, and it's nice. It's a very nice oh, yeah. book. Like, it has that sewn-in bookmark that's super cool. Yeah. It's like a really nice hardcover. It's uh, a very beautiful book yeah. in all aspects, mm -hmm. you know, just from the, the production of it to the uh, to the art, mm -hmm. uh, which, again, the only reason I bought this book in the first place. Terry Dotson. And worth it. I, I think Terry Dotson is a great artist, but he's not an artist that I like. Like right. his his style is pretty much the opposite of what I'm attracted to in comics. Um, I don't believe that for a second. Really? No. In comics, like in illustrations. No, yeah, I don't believe that for a second. Really? Yeah, because he's not a realistic artist, which I know is what you hate. Well, he's cartoony. He's cartoony. It's but cheesecake cartoony. It's very well rendered, but it's still cartoony. <sighs> Kind, kind of. Like the characters are caricatures, you know. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but I mean, it is more. It's not Greg Land or. It, no, no, it's you know, so much it's not better. Painted. It's so much better than that. Okay, I don't mean to say it's the epitome of what I don't like, <laughs> but but I'm not. I definitely wouldn't read anything just because he drew it. Like I like, uh, I like his style as far as like illustrations go. Right. But I don't really like his style as far as like a story, like storytelling and. You know, panels and all that stuff. Like, well, what is it about it then? Um, that turns you off. It just seems kind of. I I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's not like frozen looking or anything, but it's just there's something about it that's not very attractive to me. Um, yeah, I don't get it because I, I know you fairly well. Yeah, and uh, yeah, like like I would say that this is just a more not detailed, but more cleaner and well-rendered version of the stuff that you tend to like, because it has a fluidity to it. Uh, like, it, like it's, it's weird. not, you know, stiff and posed and and you know unnatural. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I I respect him, but I put him in the same category as like Frank Cho. Like, I think he's great, but I am not attracted to his books at all. Like, I've I've never read anything that Frank Cho has drawn, hmm. and I can't say why because I mean his stuff's super cartoony as well. Oh yeah, but but there's something about it, and it's not just like because they both do like busty women. Right. It's not the busty women because I don't mind that. But are you sure? Yeah. Are you a fag, <laughs> <laughs> sir? <laughs> I think the term is queer. <laughs> um, no, I. I mean I don't mind that. Like like uh, I I guess maybe. There's something off-putting about those artists to me because um, they do like that cheesecake thing. <laughs> I'm ashamed of my of my body. Uh, like like when you read this, whoa, did you did you hide it from your mom? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mom comes in. And I close it up. I'm like, ah, I'm just uh, uh you know, I'm just watching horror movies. <laughs> something acceptable. No, I like I almost think whenever there's TNA in my comics, I would rather it be either non-existent or i'd rather it be like just fucking dirty weird porn you know like i don't really like the middle ground for for uh like tna and comics for mm. some reason that's very weird because because like i would defend everything that i said about terry dawson about frank cho as well yeah 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 huh. yeah they're i mean i i respect both of them and like i do not put them in the categories as the Gregs, the, right. the land and the horn. Yeah. yeah, those guys are just fucking terrible. But um, 
Yeah, and like I would even put uh, J. Scott Campbell in this category okay. with, with Terry Dunson. Yeah. Um, oh, wow, that because that stuff is not realistic <laughs> at all and super cartoony. Yeah, well, this this one reminded me more of of uh, J. Scott Campbell than Dodson's previous stuff, just because it was a little looser. Uh, it's not inked. Oh, is that why? Okay. Yeah, because because yeah, if you look, uh, like it's just uh, darkened pencils. Uh, so it's a lot rougher and uh, sketchier than his uh, normal stuff, which is, uh, I believe, inked by his wife usually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, and it's kind of the reason why I like the art in this better than I like you know some of his other stuff. Like his de- was it Defenders? That Defenders he does? is yeah. I think the most recent stuff he's done here, and I like that. You know, but uh, you know, I think like seeing the. Seeing the little flaws, like in the underlying pencils, I think is is neat. Yeah, I think it's like a neat tr- uh, treat. That might be part of what I liked a little more about this than his usual style. But because right. I like cartoony mixed with just kind of fucking weird, dirty kind of. I don't mean dirty like porn. I mean dirty like it's yeah, messy and right. there's like crap everywhere. I so yeah, I don't know. There, but there's something unattractive about. Um, those guys art to me, even though even though I totally respect them, right. like I don't put them in the the shitty artist category. I just put them in a Jason who doesn't really want to read it category. Gotcha. Um, well, I put that in a category of I love those guys. Yeah, uh, I honestly do. Like like now yeah. who's gay? Uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> I would suck Franco's <clears throat> cock. Oh yeah, I'm sure you would. Hopefully, I'd get some of his talent. Does he keep it in his cock? Who doesn't? Okay. <laughs> well, that would explain why I don't have much talent. Because <laughs> you don't have a cock. I don't have one. Right. Yeah, I got rid of it years ago. <laughs> I think Amanda Freeman still has it in a mason jar <laughs> in Massachusetts. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope she listens. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Um, uh, no, yeah, like, uh, like, I enjoy all those guys, and I always look forward to seeing new work by them. Uh, yet, for some reason, I hardly ever buy any of their books. Uh, it's weird. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I can't. I keep going back to like in my mind, um, this art is is just much more suited for illustrations than it is for like a story. For some reason, hmm. like I don't know what it is about it because. Like, clearly, like you said, it clearly has a cartoon aspect to it, like a movement to it. Right, but, yeah. but at the same time, there's something about it that, like, I just kind of freeze on every panel for some reason. And I just, like, it, there was a couple times where it was kind of clunky and I couldn't really tell, like, what the action was. Like, uh, Yeah, but I think that's the same for any artist, really. I don't think that... Any shitty artist. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I definitely like the art better than I like the story because I can actually, for the most part, you know, right, you know, tell what what's happening. Um, <laughs> I agree. And I feel like maybe in my mind, like Terry Dodson made a list of like things he likes to draw. And right. Like, Here's please incorporate these six things into the comic, you know. Right. And then like maybe the story was sort of written around that. Could be. Yeah, I would be curious to to know how this came about, you know, whether it was the the writer, you know... Like he already had the story and <clears throat> assigned it to Terry or... Or, or 
even he wrote it with uh, Terry or someone similar in mind and, you know, he got on board or whether Terry said, hey, I've got this story that I would or, or not so much this story, but just this, you know, type of thing that I would like to draw, <clears throat> you right. know, build something around it, you know. Uh, yeah, I'd be very curious to know because, I mean, Terry Dotson is is top build in this on the cover yeah. and on the spine. Yeah, the, I wonder about the strange. inside though. Yeah, because uh, I showed it to Kathleen and she said <clears throat> she was like she's like ah oh, I I know the name Terry Dotson. What else has he written? And I was like, oh, he's the artist. Right. Yeah. I think she was just confused because his name goes first, and that doesn't usually happen. It's, yeah, usually the writer. When who was the writer is listed first on the the credits page on the inside. Um, so, I mean, and it could just be, you know, obviously Terry Dotson is more well-known in the States right. than, than Dennis Pierre Philippi, uh, which obviously, you know, I, I don't know who that is. Yeah, I never heard of him. <clears throat> but we're, uh, but we're dumb. <laughs> also very true. Uh, listen to the previous 25 minutes. Uh-huh. I, the the only thing about the story that I was like really intrigued by was like there's a scene where um the the kid of what's his name Van Veneer or something I, I don't know like he like he runs out of books to read or something and and they go to town to to get to get something else for him to read right and uh Coraline you know picks out some books and then uh the shopkeeper like rushes him out of the car he's like you gotta get out of here and right and they see that all these townspeople are like basically you know, chasing them out of town. Right. And, uh, and they're like, you, you kidnapped our children or, you know, you've stolen our kids and, and there's no kids. It's all old, older people. And then like later I, I start to wonder, I guess maybe it are, did somehow the inventor like s- steal their kids and put them in his dream world? Is that what all those ladies are? Yes. Is that what that is? Yes. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. But uh, I, I think Okay, so so the plot is that yeah the, this girl gets hired to to sort of be the companion for this kid inventor, uh, and yet every night she goes through this dream world, and then she winds up getting groped by the hero of this dream world, and then slaps him, and then wakes up, and uh, the the butler and the maid uh, are both you know disgusted. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know, and I was just like, I feel like I don't get it whenever when that right. one of those scenes would happen. So so. That happens like fifteen times in this book, <laughs> uh, right? And then yeah, the the, the library or uh, the the bookstore scene happens, uh, and so then eventually Coraline, you know, forces herself into this dream world after she finds a room that has like all these girls just sleeping or in comas in this uh, room, right? Uh, and so she she undergoes the the process and goes into the dream world and uh you know that's pretty much where the plot of the book kicks up in you know in the last 15 pages yeah. of this thing <laughs> right and so yeah what i think it was is that all these girls that are you know in this room were all Coralines. right they, they were all girls who were hired to come in and, and be this companion and, you know, undergo the same trials and tribulations that Coraline has been going through. And, and then all of them just failed, you know. Right. Uh, huh. And they would then have to hire another one. So they're, like, stuck in the dream world somehow? Yes, yeah. And then is one of them Coraline's sister? Yes. The one that the second book is named after? In the, right. What was the... Celia? Celia, like okay. Yeah. 
And then also, the kid himself is stuck in the dream world. That's the part that really yeah. confused me. Because you see him throughout the book. Yep. And not at nighttime. Nope. Yeah. And he interacts with other characters. It's not, it's not like a sixth sense thing where you're like, oh, he only ever talks to Coraline. Like, nope. Yep. He, he is there throughout the entire story. Yeah. yeah. That was confusing. Super confusing. Uh, but, yeah, so she winds up rescuing, like, all the girls and, and the kid and pulls them out of this dream world, which was the sole purpose of any of these girls to try to do, uh, including her kid sister. So Coraline apparently knew the entire time from the beginning that that was what she was there to do. <laughs> but, but throughout the entire book acts as if she has no clue what's going on. Even when she's alone. It, right. It's like her inner monologue. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's confusing. So something got lost in translation? Yeah. That's, Maybe. That's probably what happened. I hope. Yeah. Because, yeah, because I... Because it looks like... I mean, I honestly think both of the people that did this are talented. Yeah. And that it came out. It it it's a it's a neat looking book. Right. Um, but yeah, I just don't get it at all. I, I didn't either. Uh, just yeah, too many confusing elements. Uh, and, and just not a clear enough story. Right. You know, like like yeah, like I said, you know, it it's more just a collection of. Of scenes that, yeah, probably Terry Dotson just wanted to draw. He's like, make sure you put some pirates and like a jungle girl, right? Yeah, like a Tarzan type situation. And yeah, lots of titty groping. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's just it's 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 incoherent, mm -hmm. but, but pretty. Yeah, very pretty. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. Much more what to say about yeah, it other than that. Yeah, it, uh, I guess, you know, if you're gonna uh, read this, uh, just, I guess if you're a fan of Terry Dotson, that's pretty much yeah your sole purpose to get this. Right. Like, like it's not gonna be a satisfying story. The, the, yeah, I mean, like, my main problem with the story is, is, like, we mentioned way early, is that it is almost like a G-rated uh, book, like, it's like a children's book. Right. But then there's, like, all these scenes of, like, you know, naked women being grouped. Right, yeah. Like, just peppered throughout in various, you know, places, but not, not constantly. Right, yeah. Um, and it just has this weird feel when you mix those two things together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, like, like, I'll read a dirty comic every once in a while. Right, like, yeah. Like, like, just something, just id release, like, you know, and not, not just like Robert Crumb, but like, I don't know, like Michael Day. Like I've read some, some like um, speaking of Amanda Freeman again, she left a bunch of porn comics at my <laughs> house because all she read was anything Alan Moore did and porn comics. Right, like that was her two things. And uh, and I've read a bunch of like the porn manga, and it's just bizarre and right, fucked yeah. up and like bondage fairies. Bondage, and... bondage fairies I didn't like so much, but there's one called Sex Files, and yeah, like every that. yeah, and like it's it's a good read. I mean, it was well done and. And, uh, but it was like hardcore fucked up porn. Right. You know? Yeah. And, and, and like, I guess whenever I'm reading something with lots of tits, I either just want it to go, you know, ball, all way, balls right. deep or not right, at all. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. This is definitely not, f this book was definitely not for me. Right. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, if you're a fan of Terry Dodson's art, I think you 
can't be disappointed. Right, yeah. Because it's probably some of the best I've seen by him. Yeah, uh, same here. And I'm a fan. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, when I buy a comic, I also want a story. Right. To go with the pretty art. I See, I would much rather have spent the same amount of time looking through, like, a Terry Dotson sketchbook of just pinups and right. like, drawings. Like, I would have enjoyed that a ton more. Um, and I think, I think that's what it boils down to for me is whenever I look at his art, I think of just like awesome illustrations and then I don't know, I just, I don't know. I just don't dig that style and story and storytelling for some reason. Hmm. I don't get it, but whatever. Uh, that's kind of my review of this book. I don't get it, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, if I'm buying something to read, you know, be good and make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, even though, like I said, pretty much only bought it for the Terry Dotson art. Still wanted it. Exactly. Story. Yeah. And, and like you said, it may have been just lost in translation. Like, right. like, you know, he, like, one of DP's friends may, may look at this that, you know, like a multi, language you know, multi oh i'm such an idiot multilingual multilingual a multilinguager person a multilingual friend of his might look at it and be like wow they really fucked this up man right um and then you know, maybe that's possible maybe that yeah happened, but it's hard it's hard to tell and i think that also goes back to what we said earlier you know about just the you know how did the initial creation of this book even come about right you know? I would I would bet my money on Terry Dotson like giving him a list of things like make sure to include these because that's what I want to draw. All right. But yeah. So uh I mean yeah, I think I, I come away w- with more appreciation for the art than you did, but you know, I think the I think we feel pretty much exactly the same about the story. All right. <laughs> just it was it was either above our heads or it just didn't exist. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, I think I'm, 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 I'm tapped as far as talking about <laughs> right, this. Yeah, there's, there's nothing else to say. Yeah. All right, well, we'll take a break and we will be back. All right.
back to gutter crash. Hello? How's it going, man? It's going okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird you're whispering, but it's somehow really loud. What's <laughs> <laughs> uh, up? Thank you for showing me that command. Uh, oh, you're very welcome. Uh, before we started the show, Eric was we were talking about all we talk about is commando this weekend, I guess, because <laughs> we it's greatly affected our lives. <laughs> it's uh yeah, and you were telling me about action figures, which I'd never heard of that came out when the movie was released. Apparently so. And, yeah, uh, you just showed them to me online. They exist. Yep, I uh, was was unaware until today. Yeah. Because uh, cause I wound up uh, reading about uh, Commando a little bit. Uh, mostly because I wanted to know... Uh... Okay, we watched the movie yesterday. And uh, the long-time listener will, will know that uh, we, have a, we have a thing about a certain comic book writer by the name of Jeff Loeb. Oh, yeah. And uh, Jeff Loeb, of course, wrote the screenplay to Commando. Well, he was one of the writers. Right. Um, so we were watching it, and uh, I was wondering out loud <laughs> whether... Because the, the movie is full of, like, the Schwarzenegger one-liners oh, and yeah. just puns. <laughs> yeah. And just, you know... It tastes like chicken. <laughs> right. That's... And, and yeah, and some of the Jeff Loeb stuff that, that has come out in the last ten years is definitely seemingly in that vein. Yeah. Now that I have seen Commando. Right. Like, I'm connecting the two. And so, I'm wondering then, did Jeff Loeb influence every 80s action movie with Commando? Like, with the dumb one-liners? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because... I mean, I mean, this movie came out in '85, but you know, like, like, you know, were were the action movies before then like a little more serious in tone? Because it, it seems like it kind of started with with Schwarzenegger movies. I mean, right? Like a lot of his movies have those, but this is the first one I can I can think of. Right. Uh. So. So yeah. Did Did Jeff Loeb basically invent <laughs> every cliche of '80s action movies? Right. Maybe. Did so? What'd you find out in your research? I, I I couldn't find out enough about that. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I mean, and like it barely mentions Jeff Loeb at all, uh, like in anything that I read. But what I did read was that uh, uh, the movie that turned into Die Hard uh, was initially written as a sequel to Commando. Right. Uh, which of course we also know is a uh, sequel to the Frank Sinatra movie, The Detective. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is such a strange like lineage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Sinatra, Schwarzenegger, Bruce Willis. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, I also read that uh, apparently there were toys made and manufactured based on the movie Commando. Uh, and I, I don't remember ever seeing those as a kid. Me neither. Like, like even after you showed me the image, I figured like after you showed them to me, I'd be like, oh yeah, but. No, nothing. Right. And I was totally buying toys in 85. As was I. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, and Schwarzenegger was, was a, a deal. Oh, yeah. You know? Uh, I mean, yeah. I, like, I remember kids with Rambo toys. Oh, yeah. But I, 
do not remember anybody with commando uh, figures. I wonder if they were in short supply because, I mean, the ones that we saw on eBay, um, I mean, granted, these were just asking prices, but right. um, they were asking lots of money for even the loose ones. Like, right. Like the 16-inch figure, the cheapest one we saw was like 80 bucks mm-hmm. loose out of the package. Um, I don't know if they're actually getting that money for them, but right, that's right. what they're trying to sell them for. Um, so yeah, that's crazy. I wonder if, yeah, I wonder if they were just short print runs, maybe production, production runs. I mean, usually it seems to me like a, like a toy line like that would be benefited by a cartoon series. Right. Right. And like, all we have is commando, the movie, which is not for kids. No. Yeah. (laughs) No, there's, yeah, there's boobs, uh, boobs and blood. Right. Uh, and I mean, because yeah, because Rambo was eventually turned into a cartoon, mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, a RoboCop, and then you know, Chuck Norris, you know, had his own thing <laughs> oh, going yeah. on. You know, he had cartoons, but uh, but you know, not not Commando. No. So, huh? Uh, it's very weird. And of course, those comics also, or those uh, toys, came with many comics, like yeah. like He-Man. <laughs> yeah, and they they kind of. Had a similar uh, physique to the He-Man. Figure. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, Arnold kind of does anyway. But. Right. It was weird because like uh, we saw the the Arnold figure, uh, and he looks as if he is a uh, uh, like sort of a cross between a He-Man figure and a GI Joe figure, like like as far as like size and shape goes, but like all the accoutrement of a of a GI Joe toy. Right. But then like one of the secondary characters that that I saw looked like just a really cheap. G.I. Joe figure. Right. So it's like, was the John Matrix figure like a giant compared to like his team? <laughs> hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe like they just had all these other, you know, molds around. And they're like, what can we do with this right, shit? Yeah. They were like, oh, let's put them in the commando line. Right. I will say, like, the Schwarzenegger figure has a very good likeness of it. Yeah. For 85 sculpting. Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's before I mean, McFarlane, right? Yeah, because I mean, hell, even uh, like modern companies, they they do like the the digital scan of like an actor or uh, you know a wrestler or whatever, right? And even then, it still looks off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks like a bad impersonator. They right, made, right. Like yeah, they made yeah. a figure of his impersonator. Right. But yeah, yeah, those were I, those were cool. That, for some reason, that reminded me too. I remember reading years ago about. And I saw a photo of uh, uh, figures that they never made, but uh, in whatever year Blue Velvet came out, they had figures designed of the main characters. And, and for some reason, you know, it got far enough along that they actually had, like, prototype Prototype. figures made. And then somebody was like, no. (laughs) Um, But honestly, I think whoever thought of that was probably just ahead of their time because, I mean... If Blue Velvet would have been a, a movie that came out, you know, in the last fifteen years or or ten years or whatever, right. I'm sure figures would have done really well because oh, yeah. adult collectors, you know, love that sort of thing. Right. But back then they were just like, No, I mean, you can't make toys that aren't for kids, you know. Right. But uh I wonder if they would have sold, you know. Like right. I wonder if people uh, would have been like, This is so weird, I'm gonna buy them. Well at the time though, you know, where would they have sold them? Yeah, comic shops weren't into that kind of thing at the time yet, right. and and there's no real, like like Toys R Us now has like uh, an aisle for collectible figures. Yeah, you know, for like 
like limited edition Star Wars. Right, yeah, yeah. Like, like, and it is like with all their other like kids action figures, but you know, uh, these are like you know, the what is it, NECA, that that company, like a lot of their stuff, and you know, just weird higher end kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, uh, but like you know. Yeah, where 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 would they have sold that? Right. Well, yeah. I remember seeing Dune action figures at a grocery store when I was a kid. I remember that too, and I that makes more sense. Yeah, because it is a big budget right. sci-fi yeah. spectacle thing. It's still know? weird. I mean, I guess I guess that movie wouldn't be weird for kids to watch, but it's right. I mean, it does definitely I watched it as a kid. It doesn't seem like a kids movie though, because it's because it's complex, right? Um. Yeah, yeah, where would they have sold Blue Velvet Toys? Right, exactly. In the, in the 80s. Right. Um, yeah, some head shops or something. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Maybe a video rental store. Yeah, porn shop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it said adult toys. Yeah. Ordered a case. <laughs> we didn't know it was about Frank Booth and his uh, weird nitrous machine. We thought it was a dildo that shaped like Kyle McLaughlin's face. <laughs> <laughs> just his chin yeah yeah well that would that would get me off i don't know about you oh but if they do make blue velvet toys i might break my action figure rule there's like two things i can think of guar action figures and frank booth action figure that i might <laughs> might break my rule on this is a hard and fast rule no but okay. guar for sure like if i could right. think of any like i remember when I was like 15 and McFarlane toys first came out, as soon as I saw him, I was like, they need to make Guar toys. Right. And like every time he would adopt a new like thing into his, in his toy line, you know, I was like, Oh, it's coming. I can feel it. You know, right. he's doing like Alice in Wonderland. He's doing like all these things and they never made like, how perfect would that have been? Why don't you start a petition? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, McFarlane's still making toys, right? Like yeah, bankruptcy Guar- hasn't uh, destroyed that aspect of his business, right? Yet. And Guar's still around. I mean, yeah, yeah. They just wrapped up a tour like this week and made some barbecue sauce. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't they get into the toy line, right? right? I know. Well, maybe you know, because because they're all also artists and, and sculptors and, and stuff. Right. You know, maybe they're just uh, wanting to figure out a way to manufacture their own. Yeah, I can see yeah. that. Like they've, I know they had little uh, lead minis of of some of their figures that they were producing for the, some game, but they only ever made, like, two of them. Right. And they sold so poorly, I guess they just never continued. <laughs> um, but I, I went to a, a Motor City Comic Con when I was, I don't know, like, 18 or something, and Guar was there, and they had, like, the prototypes of two of the figures, and I was like, oh, I'll buy them all. Yeah, this will be great. I never saw them for sale anywhere. Right. Just realized that I would play the shit out of a Guar video game. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would even try a video game with Guar in it. That would be awesome. <laughs> Man, yeah. Uh, so how you doing? Oh, not too bad. Yeah. Not too bad. Nothing too crazy, good or crazy bad going on. Just it's just working. It's good yeah yeah um how about you anything fun weird no Mm. no just uh continuing my my 
spiral downward into just this weird depression that I'm uh, getting. That's not good. Eh. Uh, the only humorous thing that happened was uh, we had a, a pizza party at work uh, a couple of days ago. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Uh, and uh, and uh, there's a, a person that I work with who uh, you you know about who uh, pouted all day because uh, all the pizza had too much vegetables on it. <laughs> of course. I'm sure one of the pizzas only had, like, one vegetable on it, too, right? Uh, well, one of the pizzas was plain cheese. Right. It was, like, four different types of cheese. Uh, one of the pizzas had just meat. Uh, but it was a, uh, it was a Chicago-style pizza. Okay. With, like, that deep dish, you know. With, full of stuff. Uh, full of meat. Just all meat. And then, you know, covered in the, the, the red sauce. And, uh, but, you know, it was... Cut into like eight pieces. So basically, if you didn't get one, you didn't get one. Oh, okay. Right. And uh, he was a little too slow on the uptick, and oh. so the only pizzas left were plain cheese or super veggie. Yeah. <laughs> and he <laughs> ate a piece of the cheese, I guess, and then just fucking pouted. Aww. Like a shitty redneck baby. <laughs> Aww. Poor, poor redneck baby. <laughs> <laughs> and then he left and went to like Speedway and ate there. And it was free, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, you didn't have to pay into it. Or, nope. yeah. Well, we did. We all paid five bucks into it. Oh, that's yeah. not much. Yeah. No, not at all. No. That's yeah, that's too bad. Yeah. It's a fun pizza party. That was, it was good. I mean, we all worked through it, but, you know, it was free pizza, and uh, I enjoy free food. And I wound up eating most of the vegetable pizza. Yes. Yeah. Apparently nobody else wanted it either. You like vegetables, but but nobody was pouting about it. <laughs> well, after he left, right, right, right. yeah. Uh, uh, man, I'm trying to think if I I, I, don't, I feel like I've done something lately. I don't know. Can I, not really. I, yeah, I haven't. I've uh, just just sat here and yeah, I've had <laughs> multiple nervous breakdowns. Oh. <laughs> Huh. That's not good. Uh, I haven't really even watched any movies that I can say, hey, I really recommend this. I uh, I finally watched Skyfall. Uh, the I Bond. haven't seen it. Uh, okay. I won't really say anything about that. Then. I still haven't even seen Quantum of Solace yet. I, I haven't either. Um, I watched some more Doctor Did you Who? like Skyfall? Uh, I liked the first 20 minutes. Alrighty. Um, after the title sequence was over, it was just kind of boring. Alrighty. Um, wasn't terrible, Alrighty. but it was kind of boring. Uh, but I watched a couple more episodes of Doctor Who today. Oh. Um, on my rainy lay on the couch thing. Yeah. I fell asleep during one of them, but, uh, I think, I think this is a thing that, uh, has not been mentioned on the show. That I started watching Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is a, this is a breakthrough. This is a breakdown. <laughs> uh, you know, when I first started watching Who, it was also kind of a breakdown. <laughs> You're like, I can't start watching Doctor Who. Uh, dude, dude, sort of. It was like, well, it, it just got to the point where every single one of my friends, with the exception of you, uh, was like, oh, Doctor Who. Right? I was just like, fuck, stop it. So <laughs> I eventually just watched it. 
and now I'm one of them. Yeah, I think that happened to me, sort of. Well, no, because I just went over Kathleen's once, and uh, the Christmas episode had just started, and she was like, oh, let me watch this before we you know, watch a movie or whatever. Right. And I just kind of sat there, and I was like sketching or something, and, and I was like paying half attention to it. But, right. But I was like, oh, this is pretty good. Was mm-hmm. it the most recent one or like yeah, one of the this, earlier ones? No, this was, I think this was the most recent okay, Christmas one. And, uh, so, so this past Christmas. Yeah. Okay. On Christmas then? Um, Christmas I guess Eve, so. Yeah, Christmas, Christmas Eve maybe. Fair. Or uh, probably Christmas Day. Fair. But uh, yeah, I liked it. And then we watched another one. We watched the one with like um, the Weeping Angels. And I was right, like, that's right. really cool. And then, But now we've started at the beginning, air quotes, like right. the Ninth Doctor. Uh, Christopher Eccleston. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it started off maybe a little slow, but after the first... We, we've we skipped a few episodes, um, but I, I've seen like maybe five of the first ten, and uh, a couple of them I really liked. Yeah. Um, like, I don't remember the name of the episode, but there was one um, that was set during uh, World War Two in Britain. Oh, that's... It's a two-parter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah we watched, that's a very good one. We watched both of those today. So far, that's my favorite episode. Yeah, that's probably the the best of, of that uh, first season. Yeah. Good stuff. Are you my mummy? Yeah. yeah. You know, and what is crazy weird about that was when I got home today, uh, my mom came home from the thrift store. Wearing a gas mask. <laughs> wearing a gas mask. No, no. Well, I mean, you do need to wear the gas mask at some of the thrift stores around here, but but no, she came home with a copy of Are You My Mommy, the uh, children's book. And she bought it for uh, her niece. Okay. And I was like, that is so weird. How weird is that? That is very weird. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been even weirder if it had been for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do like that book. I loved it when I was a kid. I don't know what that is. It's like a, I forget if it was like a duck or something, but he was walking around like he had been lost and he was looking for his mommy. And like he would walk up to like construction equipment. And, you know, like a guy was, like, digging with a giant claw, and he was like, are you my mommy? And it was super cute. You know, uh, but kid's book, you know. Right, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but, yeah. So, yeah, Doctor Who. I don't know. I guess I guess I like it. All right. So I'm kind of excited because now I can read the Grant Morrison Doctor Who. Like, I didn't buy it when it came out. Right. But I'm like, whatever. Maybe I'll read it now. Yeah. Except that those Doctor Whos have nothing to do with uh, the the current Doctor Who. But, I mean, I knew nothing. Like, I couldn't have told you what a TARDIS was. Right. I'm sure that book would have explained. Maybe. I, I feel like... It's old school comics. It's probably written for Doctor Who fans, though, probably, right? Yeah, but at the same time, uh, every comic is somebody's first. That's true. And, and that was written in the day when, when that was actually a thing that was... You know, a mantra. Oh, like nowadays. Was that a reprint? Oh yeah. Oh okay. Because I like one came out like I don't know a year ago. Yeah, yeah. I didn't reprints. Oh okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, that was before Grant Morrison was Grant Morrison. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's when he had hair. Probably. Yeah. Wow. It's been a while. Yeah. (laughs) That is old. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's cool. I might. I might read that. I'm not gonna pick it for the show. Right. I might. I might read it. Uh, you know, I watched, uh, the, uh, there was an American, uh, TV movie, uh, version of Doctor Who. Uh, I watched that, uh, when it, uh, aired back in, like, 1996. Oh, wow. Maybe even 95, something like that. Uh, and, uh, you know, I never, well, I 
I'd seen like maybe ten minutes of a Doctor Who once on on PBS. Right. You know, it was one of the you know cardboard set you know <laughs> versions of that show. And uh, so, but like I watched this uh, TV movie that uh, also starred Eric Roberts. Uh, oh wow! Yeah. Uh, and uh, I enjoyed that, but I didn't know fucking thing about you know that whole thing. You know, when I watched it, and huh. I just ignored it from that point on until like a year and a half ago when peer pressure yeah. su- you come you uh succumbed, succumbed to it yeah. hmm yeah well, yeah it's pretty good yeah. it's pretty good not my favorite show ever but no yeah, yeah it's pretty good it's uh, got a lot of good qualities to it mm-hmm. hmm. hmm yeah yeah <laughs> welcome <laughs> aboard <laughs> You're one of us now. Yeah. Yeah. Might as well be. You know, part of it, too, was when I was at space, um, I met a guy named Ed that's, uh, he was, he's the guy that drew, um, oh, shoot, I can't think of the name, Powell, the, uh, comic that Brian John Mitchell wrote, and, uh, and he was a big Doctor Who fan, and we kind of talked about it for a little bit, and made me kind of want to read it, or watch it. So that that kind of helped steer me in that direction as well. Hmm. You talk to a lot of people. Hmm? I said you talk to a lot of people. I do. Well, it's what's what what's wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know. I talk well, to people. Well, why do you just uh, random people that you, you don't you've never met before and you just talk to them? <laughs> yeah. What um, is wrong with you? Uh, it's a disease. Well, Brian John Mitchell said he was okay. So, well, uh, trust that guy. <laughs> Have you seen his beard? I have. That's why I wouldn't trust yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Looks like he's just gonna murder people. Right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it's an adorable beard. <laughs> mm, but yeah. Um, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah, I got nothing. I don't know anything else. All right. I'll say, uh, let me pick a movie. Okay. And we'll get the hell out of here. Yeah. Yeah. So, sound alright to you? Yeah, sure. Okay. So this movie that I'm going to pick is a movie that I don't know if I'm going to remember the actual name of as I try to say it. This might be the one I'm going to pick. <laughs> I doubt it. Okay. Um. So let me give this a shot. Okay. I think that this movie is called, and now that I am trying to think oh. of it, it is on. <laughs> it is out of my fucking head. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hold on. Okay. It is called, I believe, Martha Marcy May Marlene. Martha Marcy May Marlene? Yes. Okay. I think. Never heard of something close to that. Yeah. Yeah. It is four women's names with that start with M. Okay. Never heard of it. Alrighty. I don't know what it's about. <laughs> Honestly, don't know who's in it, <laughs> or the name of it. Or are, are you a magic player? <laughs> <laughs> this sounds. This sounds like. This sounds like a deck list that we get handed. <laughs> uh, what I did was I looked up a uh, a list of the best movies of 2012, and it was on there. Who would said, do okay. that? What are you a fucking idiot? Who would do that? It's like, I don't know anything about this, but, uh, yep. Somebody likes it. 
How old is the movie? Do you know? Uh, about a year. Okay. Yeah. Then, yeah, let's watch it. All right. I like ladies. Yeah. And there's obviously at least four of them in the movie. I would think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Martha Marcy May Marlene. Something, yeah. something like that? Something like it. I look forward to it. All righty, then. Uh, yeah. That's, that's all I got. All right. Well, thanks for uh, podcasting with me. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to Gutter Trash. You can subscribe to the show from guttertrash.net or from iTunes and leave us a review. Visit guttertrash.net for email information, links to our Facebook and Twitter pages, and for other podcasts and websites in the Gutter Trash Network. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.